When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hope you've enjoyed your week and thank you for joining myself, Dom Shaw, Phil Tallentire and Jonathan Taylor on our latest Tripe Supperborough podcast. Uh, we are talking strikers to start with because since we've last... Uh, since we last recorded a podcast, Rudy Gestead's been sent off and then had that red card overturned, so obviously he's available to play red in this weekend. Um, we have got some uh, suggestions that we put in our closed Facebook group, which you can uh, request to join on Facebook, uh, for subjects that we'll touch on later in the podcast. But but starting with strikers, Phil, um, Gestead's available, so does he start against Reading or does British Ambalonga get the nod? Well, it depends. I think I think it looks as though, in Tony Pulis' mind, Gestead's the one that he feels fits the bill, but... It's difficult, isn't it? You know, I've just been looking at that funnily enough, and you look at the approach for Mitrovic, and you kind of think, well, Burrow didn't, Burrow didn't try to sign him to leave him on the bench. So that says to me that if he'd arrived, he'd be the number one first choice striker. And that also says to me that Tony Pulis doesn't think that the current strikers, whether that's Bamford, whether that's Sombolonga, whether that's Gisted, um, is exactly what he's looking for. Now, I, I'm of the kind of belief that if you pay £15 million. For for a striker, particularly a striker who scored goals for a poor team last season on a regular basis, and is still nearly averaging one goal every other game for Borough this season, despite obviously going through a bit of a dry spell. Um, I think you've got to use your best players. Now, you know, we might come on to this, we might not, but for me, at the moment, it's a case of shoehorning a striker into a system. Um, Gusted's the most obvious candidate for that if, it's, if what you're looking for is a big big target man I'm not sure he's quite got the physicality even despite, despite his size to make that work or indeed uh, the skill set um, Somalong is clearly a good good goal scorer but is he the kind of player who can play up front in that role you'd have to, you'd have to question that um, so for me the, the, the bigger question is whether or not uh, Tony Pulis is prepared to ch- tweak the system to, to, to get the best out of the players at his disposal um, I think it could could well go with Gusted. Um, you didn't condone him last week, did he? After the sending off, which no, was given the fact that he'd been pretty vocal about some of British Ambalonga's feelings, he might argue that the red card was rescinded. Therefore, everything he said was justified. I personally thought Burr got away with one there, um, but um, uh, it's a really tough one to answer. That I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes with Gusted. John, has has Ambalonga done anything wrong, or is he a victim of Pulis's preferences? Um, bit of both, I'd say. I'd say Brit hasn't scored under Pulis, and um, I mean, I'm trying to think of the chances of missed. I mean, Tom Long has missed a, a couple of chances, hasn't he? That he probably should have put away. Um, equally, you know, Gisted has as well. I think Tom Long can count himself very unfortunate. I think, or he, he maybe be feeling that um, kind of the manager's pointing the finger at him a little bit too much. Because the bottom line is, um, no other striker is scoring goals. I mean, Daniel Ayala's obviously the top scorer under Pulis. Sombolonga's got 12 goals this season. Gusted's got one league goal, which came against Sheffield United in August. Patrick Bamford's got one, which came against Ipswich. So none of the other strikers are tearing up trees. Um, and I think 
I mean, Film raised an interesting point there where I remember uh, the game where Gustav missed two one on ones. Um, afterwards, Pulis was more critical of the team but didn't single Gusted out. Um, and equally after the red card um, at Norwich, Pulis didn't single Gusted out. Um, now clearly, Brit has been singled out on occasions and I just wonder whether Tony Pulis is, is almost trying to spark a reaction out of Brit. Some players react to that, don't they, if they get kind of, it's the carrot and the stick approach, isn't it? And some players, you know, if they are publicly criticised they you know they'll, they'll spark him into life and a little bit of kind of I'll prove you wrong but with the Sombolonga I haven't quite seen that yet actually what I've seen is a player who seemingly seems to be going into his shell which is a little bit concerning I think what 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 does a Sombolonga have to do then because he, he, he's not lazy Sombolonga he works hard if, if anything when he, when he at the start of the season when he first joined and how it, it was that which I was taken by his, his willingness to kind of run into the channels what is it about his game that Tony Pulis isn't a, I mean we don't know that he doesn't like it Sombolonga still played a fair bit of football since Pulis but what is it about his game that Pulis might not be sure about let's say I'm not sure I mean he's not the tallest of strikers is he com- com- compared to for example Gusted you know he's, you know um, you know, Tony Pulis has worked with you know people like Rondon as a big unit, wasn't he? Um, Crouch and people like that. Um, I'm not I'm not saying he's, he's, he's one dimensional in that approach, and he wants somebody who's six foot six. But um, I, I, I think the important thing is, as John O touched on, is the, is, the, is the kind of mind games that Tony Pulis is playing with him. You know, you could talk about what type of striker he's all day long. He's not, you know, he's a striker who puts the ball in the net for me. And, and, it's, and it, you present him with chan- enough chances, he'll score his weight of goals. He will miss them. We know he does. He missed, he missed some good chances at Forest. He's missed chances elsewhere. If he was a sort of player who took most of his chances, he wouldn't be in the Championship. He'd be in the Premier League. Is that because because he's got everything else to play at that level? Um, so he, he maybe doesn't have the physicality. Uh, as you say, he, he seems to be prepared to to, to run and, and work the areas and, and present himself into in, in the spaces to be hit. Is he getting the support he needs? Is he getting you know? Is he getting? Is there anybody coming from midfield who who turns that one striker on his own to to suddenly two or three options in the box when there's a wide player on in possession? You know. Um, you could use the same argument about what's happened to Patrick Bamford, a player who has scored 20 goals in the Championship not so long ago for Middlesbrough Football Club, or near enough 20. He looks a shadow of the player he was. And I think confidence is everything in being a forward. And Britt looked confident at the start of the season. He looked sure of himself. He looked comfortable in a Bury shirt. He seemed to be enjoying his time at the club. He scored something like 11, 11 goals in his first, I forget how many, but up to the Birmingham game, I think he'd scored 11 goals. So, so that was a good token when you think that was only mid-November. So, so something's happened and I think, I think, he, I think he feels, it doesn't, I'm sure he doesn't feel loved. It doesn't feel as though he feels as though he's, what he offers is what Tony Pulis is looking for. He looks, and, and the worry is now is that when he does get a chance, he's going to be nervous and snatch at it and feel as though, well, if I don't put one away today, I'm out the team again. And um, Well, I did wonder last week when, when the Gusted sent it off, and obviously after that, and, and, and you're assuming he's got this three-match ban, and I did think, is this exactly what mm. Son Belonga means? Mm. The, the guarantee of three starts. Um, the guarantee of two games where you know that you're not thinking, Mum, I'm going to be out again the next game and, and that really you're not going to be hooked after 60, 70 minutes. I mean, that doesn't often happen in football, does it? But how often did we say it with Daniel Ayala and George Friend at the start of the season that if they can just get a run of games, three or four games, and we'll see the best of them. And, and I think that's the case with those two defenders now. Mm. 
Could that be the case with Brett? Yeah, well, I think so. I think when he when he undergoing what he played virtually every week, and, and you saw what he got. But equally, I mean, if I wanted to sit on the other side of the fence, I don't think what Tony Pulis is doing with Brit is especially wrong. I think he's, he's obviously <coughs> handling Brit differently to Rudy because he feels that that can get some reward for the club. I don't think he's closed any doors on Brit, but I think that it's just the word inconsistency, and then that's the frustration. Is you know. It's not just Brit that's been. It's all of Borough strikers have been grossly inconsistent. We've been. We've seen the best and the worst of each of them. I think we've seen the, the best of Gusted. You know, away at Preston, for example, in the second half, where that's exactly what Pulis will want from Gusted. We've seen the worst of Gusted. Um, you know, when he, he's missing chances. Equally with Brit, away at QPR, I thought actually he was very good and was doing exactly what Tony Pulis wanted. But then the next week at home at Sheffield Wednesday, he clearly isn't doing what he wanted. And I think that's. I mean, we've. I think I do think that the problem under Gary Monk clearly was at the back, but Tony Pulis has kind of shifted the problem really, where he, he's doing very much what Karanka's done, where I'll sort the defence out first, and the attack is the, the the thing that we'll have to sort out last. But I don't I don't know what the answer is, but I, I think Tony Pulis will, will look at each of them and say, well, none of them are doing what I want to do. Well, well, well just to make a quick point, I mean, I pay a penny for Steve Gibson's thoughts when when they're sitting down weighing up their options in January and they decide to make a bid for yet another striker when you think that he shelled out £15 million for British Sombolonga £9 million for Martin Braithwaite who we know has gone £6 million for Patrick Bamford £6 million for Rudy Gustain £6.5 million for Ashley Fletcher who's supposed to be a striker it's a huge amount of money to then decide you're going to go out and and you, you need another one, you, you know. I mean, to, to me, I'm not sure Mitrovic was the right sort of player for for Borough at this time, anyway. But it's weird, isn't it, that you spend that much in a short space of time? All those players came in 2017, um, either in January or in the summer, and you, you, you're thinking, where's the joint up thinking? Now, now a new manager's arrived on Boxing Day. Suddenly, those players are almost well. I've had a look at them and don't fancy any of them. That, that, that's a conclusion. Every single player that you've just mentioned will feel themselves that they've been hard done by. Yeah. I mean, Braithwaite will certainly feel that he was hard done by, you know, with a lack of game time to Pulis. Sombolonga will feel exactly the same at the minute, being in and out. Gusted will claim that he's not had a, enough of a chance this yeah. season. Um, Fletcher hasn't had a kick. Fletcher hasn't had a kick, and Patrick Bamford's playing that position. So you're right. I completely agree with you. Yet each of them will probably have some mitigation and say, "Well, you know, you haven't played me in my best position." Well, well, obviously, you mentioned Mitrovic there. We'll talk about Mitrovic in a bit and what he would have offered and what that um, possibly tells us about where Pulis is likely to go in the summer. But, but first, Patrick Bamford. You said there that he's playing out of position. He is a striker. Will we see him play as a striker under Pulis? Is is he a stopgap at the minute until Harrison gets up to speed? Well, it looks like that, doesn't it? I mean, I I was surprised when. When we saw Patrick Bamford come into the eleven, obviously with Traore and Downing as the attacking three, you just presumed that Stuart Downing would be the one that would go over to the left. But clearly, Tony Pulis, you know, as he said in his early press conferences, he's starting to build that team around Stuart Downing in the ten. And while actually, I don't, I think Downing's been pretty steady in the ten. I actually think his impact was far better, on far greater on the right, um, not necessarily the left. So, but yeah, clearly, I mean. The left-hand side is the elephant in the room, isn't it? It's been the elephant in the room all season. They just haven't got anyone adequate out there. And that's a, a little bit of an indictment of Marvin Johnson, which didn't work out. But yeah, Jack Harrison, another player who played the majority of his football from the right-hand side in New York, 
he looks like as soon as he gets anywhere near full match fitness, he'll be straight in that eleven because frankly, there's no one else staking their claim, and that's that's a, perhaps a little bit harsh on Patrick because I think that he's doing, he's, he, you know, he's doing a shift for the team for the better of the team, something that clearly in 2014, 15. Um, you know, in a similar situation, he was not an eye towards door saying, "Come on, play me up front." So I do think he deserves a lot of respect for that. Um, but is he the Borough's left-hand side option moving forward? Or no, clearly not. Phil, do you think? I, well, I I just can't believe we're still having this conversation after how many windows have passed by that we're still talking about. I mean, one of the big discussion points after the playoff final in two thousand and fifteen was players out of position. It's a big. It was. It's been a big bug, my, bug bear of mine for for a long time. But particularly with that attacking three, you know, we saw we saw you know Patrick Bamford playing. He wasn't fit. You saw was it Tomlin on the left, um, Jelly Vossen playing at number ten, and you know and it feels you know nearly three years later we're still talking about Borough making having to fudge it in that crucial crucial area of the pitch. And I think that's one of the reasons maybe why Borough's strikers aren't. I'm delivering as many goals as they should be. Um, Let me put a question to you both then. Patrick Bamford, clean slate, what system and what position is his best? How, if you're building the team around Patrick Bamford, what system do you play and where do you play him? Well, he's a well, forward. Yeah, I mean, for me, the best, the best of Patrick Bamford was in that run of games he had before he picked up his injury in 2015 when he was playing up front. So an outright number nine. That's what he is, isn't he? He's a that, was in a, that was in a real orthodox 4-2-3-1 with, yeah. with a natural... Number ten in Lee Tomlin or Yellow Vossen because mm-hmm. I think Vossen yeah. was probably on the right. Nine, mm. Yeah, playing behind him. Yeah, I mean, to well, me, he's never going to get that under Pulis. No, he's not. No, well, no, but, yeah. the, but the point, you it's know, but the, this goes back to you know, I was talking about recruitment, wasn't it? And all those players are reeled off who now are either not at the club or not in or not in the first team. The, the point I was going to make about the you know yet another window goes by Borough signed strikers and they signed mid, defensive midfielders in Besic and they signed Harrison who's another a bit of a project let's be honest oh, to use that word so still yet again that key area of the pitch those three if you're going to make 4-2-3-1 work it's those three isn't it that are critical as much as anything because Borough have the defensive midfielders they've got for the championship at least they've got mm-hmm. quality defensive midfielders or, or are good enough defensive midfielders but those three it's been a fudge from day one Triori still I know we're going to come on to our diamond he's still not the finished article and I know everyone's got excited about him recently and, and right so because when he's on on fire he's on fire but he's still again blows hot and cold and he's you know we're going to come on about Borough being one dimensional a little bit um, it just frustrates me that you see Patrick Bamford playing on the left it's not his position he's, he's trying his hardest he's giving everything he's doing the best he can he might he did a better job when he played on the right didn't he I think if he, if he was asked to play in a deeper role I think, mm. if, if memory serves he, he, he kind of made a fist of it playing on the right but even so it's it's not his position Braithwaite would be sat, sat in France thinking why didn't I get a run of 10 games playing up front um, and likewise one or two other players over the years Mitrovic then obviously signed for Fulham thanks to Slavisa Jukanovic's use of social media uh, WhatsApp not Snapchat he's been clarified <laughs> on Thursday what, what does that tell us about how Pulis is likely to approach the summer window and, and, and what style of centre forward talk about a loaded question mm. and what style of centre forward he's going to look at was it a case of Mitrovic being available and, and he's going to come in and bolster the options or is, does Mitrovic tick the boxes of what Pulis likes to lead the line I think it's the latter personally I mean I think that a, you know, a player like that doesn't become available very often an international player but I just think if you look at his style what Tony Pulis has done with Borough's defence is he's made them 
it's the word snarl really you know the defense is no nonsense they're horrible they'll put horrible tackles in they'll be they'll make it difficult for the opposition and I think he wants to replicate that at the other end of the pitch he probably sees that you know it's certainly up front but we're a little bit timid they're a little bit weak a little bit too easy to play which is you know ironic because I remember watching a Sombolonga at Reading uh, back in was it October time um, and he wound up Paul McShane no end to the point where McShane kicked out got a yellow card and actually yeah. could have got nearly got sent off we haven't seen anywhere near that enough from a Sombolonga I think that's what we were told when he was coming in that he was you know he's one of them where he's just constantly in the defender's ear and he's going to wind you up Gusted obviously is more of a, a aerial presence but certainly doesn't do that and I think that's what Mitrovic would have done and I think that's what Pulis will want he'll want the Borough to be big, awkward, niggle, snarly. Um, Mitrovic ticks those boxes, which perhaps the others don't. So I expect him to go with, get someone like that, a real character, an abrasive character up front that will kind of replicate what he's building at the back. Mitrovic? Well, I think he would have been a good signing. I just don't know. Will he still be available in the summer? Do you think they're likely to go back in? Well, it would presumably be. There will depend 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 the yeah, there might be Premier League clubs after him. Uh, if, Ful- if Fulham kick on now and, and win promotion and he's he does well so have you at the World Cup are they in the World Cup I think uh, yeah. I thought everyone on the spot there I don't <laughs> know <laughs> we'll yeah, you're, you're a written national oh. correspondent <laughs> I, I think they have I can't remember you'd be able to tell us exactly what stage Argentina got to in the 1980s <laughs> yeah, yeah 1986 but uh, not, yeah. Uh, not if he's available I imagine he's exactly the type of player Pulis will want to go and get him um, but I, I think that um, Newcastle paid a fortune for him, didn't they, a few years ago? So it'll, it'll be another another big outlay, um, which, you know, which the chairman would have to fund it if you're going to go and get a player like that, because everyone wants to play like that, don't they? Just getting away from strikers, then. Like I say, we've got a uh, Gazette Fan Forum Facebook page that you can uh, you can request to join. Uh, and earlier this week, we put out there that we were going to do a tribe and ask for any suggestions and whatnot. Um, we mentioned Adama Traore earlier, so we'll start with that. Josh Hollis um, brought up the subject of Adama and the fact that he's obviously being Borough's best attacking outlet in recent weeks. Um, now it's been discussed that Borough are perhaps over-reliant on him already. He asks what happens if he gets injured or he reverts to type in the coming weeks and also interestingly whether teams uh, have already sussed not him out because I don't think you can suss a down a Triari out but sussed out Borough's system to get Triari on the ball because Pulis has been open enough about that hasn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah well I spoke with Daniel Farker after the game at, at Carrow Road and he said that a huge proportion of Norwich's own work to combat Borough was centred around Adama Traore. Now, as you say, you know, on on some afternoons, you just won't be able, the you know, opposition teams won't be able to have any kind of plan in place to keep Traore quiet because he's that good. Um, in other afternoons, you know, you think, um, you know, perhaps Sheffield Wednesday at home, I think it springs to mind, certainly Brighton in the Cup. Um, while Traore did get some joy, it didn't quite click and there was almost a, a feeling where too often I thought that the ball went out to try already when it didn't need to and it was in the wrong positions and it was uh, everyone else was kind of standing around looking at him going go on and do something for us so yeah I do I do agree with Josh that there might be an over-reliance on him God forbid if he got injured I don't quite know um, but then, that's a, that, then Harrison would have to come to the park but that's an amazing turnaround because if you remember you know when he got try or get sent off away at Villa or whatever we were saying that's pretty much the end of his Borough career. Didn't we? we were pretty much writing him off, saying, and "Well, he's impossible." Well, well, to as, late as, as late as December, as late as December, it was Sheffield Wednesday away game, Monk's final game. I don't think he was in the squad. No, well, there you go. But so, now he's the most important name on the team sheet. Yeah, well, that's to me. I mean, just just brief on that. I, you know, it's great that he's had this, this, these these few performances, and it's exciting. But 
He needs to be doing it now till the end of the season. Well, yeah, I don't, course, you know, yeah. we, you know, we, we're getting excited and rightly so. And he's he's a dangerous player. I mean, in the opposition, you'd have to think if they've got any sense at all, would would would, would have their fastest player sitting deep, ready to. To, to try and intercept, stroke, push him into pushing less dangerous areas. If somebody, if, you know, you know that he's going to break and he's going to break at phenomenal pace. So you can't you can't be surprised about that. It's how you deal with it, as we all know. Uh, the other thing is to make sure that you just pick up the people who who he's cross might pick out. But I mean, for me, it's still a try. I know we're getting excited and pleased about it. But you look at the ultimate stats, and it's one goal, isn't it, in a year and a half? Um, and I get he's young. Don't get me wrong. I get he's incredibly young and he's incredibly raw, but. Um, you're right. If anything happens to him, um, and it does feel as though, as John made the point earlier, that kind of Downing's influence has waned a little bit uh, with him moving into the middle because he was very effective on the right when he played there. So um, you kind of win, you win one battle and lose another, don't well, you? Well, that up perfectly because we were talking earlier about playing players in the in the best positions in their orthodox natural positions behind the striker. Well, if you were going to do that with a three, you'd potentially think Triore on the right. Downing on the left and, and Lewis Baker in the central number 10 role Tom Muldowney brought that up and, and asked you know obviously we haven't seen him he hasn't featured since uh, since Tony Pulis took charge can he get in will we see him again this season well if, if this goes on much longer if Borough you know, don't score at home at Reading and then you know, I think eventually Pulis will have to start shuffling it about but it's, some, it's a strange one Baker because nothing's kind of come out from the club, uh, it's, it's a question that's not really being asked at press conferences. Um, not playing for the twenty-three. Not playing for the 23s. And, and equally, Chelsea didn't take him back in, in January, so it's a real kind that of odd one. one wasn't it? Unless yeah. you know, clearly we're not privy to everything. So there may be something going on behind the scenes. There may be you know the player might have um, certain things going on personally. We just don't know. We're, we're, we're speculating, but if nothing is nothing like that untoward is going on that we don't know about um, it just doesn't make any sense well, well, again it's, you hit the nail on one of the club you know a lot of these cases a bit of communication goes a long way you know, there's nothing wrong with Tony Pulis saying at a press conference if there is an issue behind the scenes and whether, whether it's homesickness or he's got personal problems you know we live in an adult world I'm sure it wouldn't be, be you know used against Lewis Baker to discover that there's a reason why he's not in the squad because at the moment it's just a complete mystery isn't it it's, you know, if there was issues like that that you would think it'd go back to Chelsea yeah I mean I, it's but in terms of on the pitch contribution I actually thought that Lewis Baker was, was pretty pick. good yeah, he was yeah. alright wasn't he um, I certainly think that he did get a run, didn't he? To be yeah, fair, yeah. he did get a run well, like some of the other players. And he didn't set it alight, but he did okay. Oh, yeah, he showed flashes. He did more than, more than Marvin Johnson has said. Yeah. I mean, for me, Baker fits in with similar slot to Harrison in a lot of ways. He's a young player with a lot to prove. He's done it in a different league, mm. but he's never really done it in this country. And, um, you know, I get a bit... Um, you know, I, don't, I don't think Burrard need to be in a position, given the fact they've spent so much money over the last couple of years... Don't think they necessarily need to be in a position where they need to take these punts on players on projects again. That you know, you signed. I didn't. You know, when Lewis Baker came in, you thought, well, Boris might sign quite a lot of forward-ended players. Why do they need a player on loan from Chelsea? Uh, and I mean, obviously Harrison could come in and do a very important job in the team, but you kind of feel, you know, we 
Borough aren't in a situation where they can afford to wait a month or two for these players to develop. They need I, somebody ready now. Well, I do take your point about Baker, but, but I mean, in the summer, it was deemed to be quite a coup, and, yeah. and a lot of championship clubs wanted him, mm. didn't they? A lot of championship clubs. I know I know Reading wanted yeah, yeah, him, yeah. obviously, here on Saturday. Sheffield Wednesday were linked with him. There's a fair few other clubs that I can't at the top of my head. So, so it, it, there's clearly a player there. Yeah, no doubt. And he, he's another one, like we were talking about all of Borough strikers who will put, you know, probably feel they've been hard done by well he will as well I mean, because he'll say that actually you know, I was, certainly wasn't the worst player in the, on the pitch when I was playing and all of a sudden I've disappeared overnight and you know in recent weeks we've seen Martin Craney and Dale Fry both be on the borough bench well you know there's no need for both of them to be on the bench because they both can cover centre back so why isn't someone like a Baker someone who can unlock a defence unlock and do something special um, why, is it, why isn't he on the bench? Now obviously we're still hoping that the season is going to be extended into, uh, into May and into the playoffs but Guy Bailey asks, uh, asks on Facebook that if Borough don't make the playoffs and I know this is a very kind of hypothetical question as things done, but if Borough don't make the playoffs where does the, where does the finger get pointed? Who, who, who's responsible? Who takes the blame this well, season? Well ultimately in any season good or bad it's the chairman isn't it? He makes the you know, he's a hands on chairman who makes the big decisions he appointed Gary Monk he appointed Tony Pulis he appointed Ike Okaranka and, and obviously was, was was you know behind his departure as well and you know totally, you know Gary Steve Gibson's got it right on so many occasions in the past but the last couple of seasons haven't gone as according to plan and the big question mark that everyone points to is recruitment isn't it the you know, the kind the kind of the kind of players Burr are signing and and indeed the kind of players Burr are letting go after a short space of time and the one example that sums it up for me is Martin Braithwaite it cost £9 million signed him in the summer presumably a lot of work went into that transfer a lot of a lot of research, a lot of a lot of effort went into it, and six months later, he's allowed to leave on loan with Borough needing goals and needing creative players. Now, there may be five or six reasons that we're not aware of of why Braithwaite was allowed to leave, and he may indeed go permanently in the summer. Um, I just think that's what happened in those six months. Why, why, why is a player being signed for that kind of huge money? I mean, one of Borough's most expensive ever signings, and yet. You know, there's no, there doesn't seem to be any attempt to, to develop that player further, to help him in, in, in great, um, get used to a league that he's not familiar with, a type of football he's maybe he's not familiar with. And there's a lot of examples like that. I, fear for, I do fear for Britt. We spoke to him earlier. I fear that you know, Britt could go a similar way. You know, he might, he might, if he doesn't fit the purest blueprint, he could be another one who goes in the summer. So it doesn't, seems to be a lack of joined-up thinking, a lack of... The strategy doesn't seem to have any sort of long-term planning about it. We see 10, 12, 13 players arrive one summer, the same amount leave, and another 10 or 12 come the next summer, and that's, that's becoming a pattern now. And that's indicative of a high turnover of managers, high turnover of players. You know, I know Pulis has got this roving remit to really sort the club out from the bottom up. And I'm sure we're going to see much, much more of that. But then again, has Tony Pulis got a long-term contract? But, but, you just, know, just, a genuine I, question. I've never heard any confirmation no. that he's signed anything yet. I, I don't think you can uh, point finger at the chairman uh, for the failure of the season. I think I understand the, the appointment of Monk, um, although I think that generally the perception was that that was the, the right appointment at the time. I think that pretty much, you know, certainly the spine of the signings, the bulk of them, were all deemed good signings but equally I, I do take the point I think it has to be responsibility across the board which I know is very much sitting on the fence but look clearly the, the recruitment team have to take some responsibility even though I think there actually are good players there I think they were, they're probably a bit top heavy but uh, Gary Monk has to take responsibility clearly for not identifying a, a system quick enough You know, he, he changed the formation seven days before the season started and 
the, you know, that pretty, numerous occasions that's all, exactly so he has to carry the can I also think Tony Pulis will carry the can as well and you know perhaps not not to the same extent but it's easy to forget that he took over um, at the halfway point of the season when Borough were three points off the playoffs as Gary Monk constantly reminds people now Borough going into this weekend are six points off the playoffs so while I think Tony Pulis has done some good things he if, if Borough do miss out he has to take his, his responsibility as well, and so do the players as well, because it was interesting that Gary Monk often said about how um, he was surprised about the hangover and how it took some of the players a little bit longer to adapt, you know, basically shake themselves into life. Um, I, I think the, the, the spotlight certainly has to go on the players as well, so I think it's right across the board. But having said that, there's still every chance that, that we'll be celebrating and lauding each of those things. Yeah, yeah, um, Pulis's press conference on Friday, watch, watch what he had to say there, and there was an interesting line in there, Phil, where he was talking about um, the kind of time that, it, you know, when a new man comes in, it, it obvi- he obviously needs time to turn things around, he's not going to turn water to wine, as he said, when he, when he was first appointed. It was interesting, though, that he said, you know, he's already kind of seen and detected things that he wants to do at the football club, because we know he's been given this broader remit, things that he wants to do at the football club, but also that he said things that need to happen, that need to change in the football club. And it, and it gives you the impression that off the pitch, and, and not just in terms of the playing personnel, it could be quite a big summer, it could be quite an important summer. Oh, I, I think so, and I think that's why the chairman gave Tony Pulis that brief. He was very clear, wasn't he, Pulis, in a couple of press conferences that the big appeal of the job, as much as anything, was the, the chance to restructure the club and to, to have a look at everything behind the scenes. And um, I'm sure that's why when I go back and say that you know, the chairman's ultimately will carry the can if Borough don't win promotion, uh, he's clearly aware that this season might go. You know, he clearly wasn't happy about what was going on under Monk, so he acted, and he acted in a very uh, emphatic fashion. And he, he sacked one manager and brought a very, very experienced manager in. So that's why... You know, I do think if Borough don't go up this season, or, sorry, don't finish in the top six, it's been a real catastrophe, given that everything that happened in the summer. I don't buy the stuff about the hangover from last season, and I don't really necessarily buy the stuff about a, a manager shouldn't be expected to make an impact when you look at what, say, Carver Hall's done at Swansea already. Um, but that's not to lessen the, the kind of job that Tony Pulis took on. It was a big job, because clearly things aren't right behind the scenes. Again, another summer of recruitment left a lopsided squad. Everyone said that. I'm not saying anything that nobody else has spotted. There's certain areas where Borough got too many players and some areas where they've got too few. And uh, that'll be another issue that Tony Pulis will deal with. I do think, you're absolutely right, I think there'll be a big... I, I, whether there'll be some sort of football director brought in, I'm not so sure. Um, and I can imagine there might be potentially a big shake-up in the recruitment department. But I can't imagine Pulis would be the type to enjoy working with No, no, unless he kind of almost pushes himself into that role. I don't know. Uh, you know, Given his age and his experience, he might be the kind of perfect person to oversee a club. I don't know. Um, I, you know he's been given a, probably a very exciting remit mm. from his point of view. Um, I, I, you know, we got, and I, I know the recruitment team's taking a bit of a kick in at the moment, but there's so many things we're not aware of that we don't know. We don't know that, hypothetically, Gary Gill came up with five brilliant names in the summer and not, 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 none of them, they couldn't land any of them, or, or the chairman didn't fancy them, or Gary Monk didn't fancy them. You know, we, there's, there's so many factors in signing players. And the difficulty of signing players is, is either for a club like Middlesbrough in the Championship, you know, they've, they've been ambitious, they've spent money. So that goes back to what I was saying before. I think it's a real shame that more effort hasn't been made to get more out of, say, Martin Braithwaite. I wonder what you think about this, Dom. I, I mean, and, and Phil, I think that 
yes, clearly there's a, a long-term project there, and and Tony Pulis is, is is being quick to stress that at every opportunity that you know we're, we're building for the future. But by talking about these things and things he needs to change long term, is he almost? It's it certainly the impression is given off that the 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 eye's been taken off the ball short term, and that's where I know Phil, you wrote a piece in the week about you know um, the school of thought that perhaps Borough may have already kind of given up on the season, albeit that's something that clearly won't be admitted. But by talking long term, does that almost let people off the hook short term to get results because Borough still in the chance of promotion it. Yeah, and, and I don't think, I mean, I think when Gordon Strachan came in, for example, it was absolutely abundantly clear immediately, really, that he'd written off the season, hadn't he, and that he was focusing for the summer. And yet, it's only when you look back, uh, I remember when we used to do the daily on this Borough Day feature, and when you look back at um, games from this time of year, I know you talked about the Blackpool game that was... Uh, uh, Memorable for me for Lee Miller's first touch, if anything. But um, I remember, you know, did he have one? <laughs> I didn't know he had a first touch. But, but at that stage of the season, even February, March, Borough was still in so much in with the shouts. Yeah. But but it was never it was never going to happen. You know, although they were right in there in the mix, you just knew that it wasn't going to happen, and that the, the eye had been taken off the ball. This season, I know that um, Pulis does have this this broad remit, and he's looking he's looking long term. But I think he's doing that from a um, almost like a sensible point of view that the need to now plan for the for the possibility of not going up this but year I think John at the minute a really good point though. oh yeah at the, the minute oh yeah yeah absolutely but what I'm saying is I, I, I don't think Pulis is the type who will let players off the hook on a daily basis mm. because I think he, he might well have learned the lesson of last year the last year West Brom absolutely rate tear ass to 40 points didn't they safe as houses and then players take their eye off the ball yeah. because they think they're there but then the risk is that that overloads into the summer beginning the next season because if you just suddenly switch off you know players unless they're at the very 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 top level can't just turn it off and switch it on as they no. choose so, so I think Pulis have learnt from last, last mm. and now not that he'll have taken his eye off the ball no. last year but it's, it's almost drilled isn't it subconsciously in so many it? players minds that once you're at 40 points Huddersfield Town for example this season once they get to 40 points if they did mm. they, they've succeeded haven't they um, mm. So I don't think Pew- now. Now the chances are that the squad might look very different next season, and that the vast bulk of the players over here now, and um, you know, I, I'm going to be in the squad next season. But I think from Pulis's point of view, uh, he he won't let the players switch off. And I think from the players' point of view, you know, they're probably still in the in the mindset where they're trying to impress a new player. Now some Martin Braithwaite, for example, might have seen enough in the first couple of weeks to think, Nah, I don't want to. You know, I don't fancy being, I don't fancy being part of this. But for others, I think there's still a, a key role. So I completely agree that Borough are preparing for, for the, the possibility of not going up this year. But I don't know whether they've completely taken their eye off the ball. I, I, mean, I the, think it goes the, back to public pronouncements, doesn't it? I think that's John Olsen. If you hear, I'm not saying he has, but if you hear a manager talking about, well, we've got a big uphill climb now, and maybe it's, you know, you know we're just a bit short this season. Yeah. Which think about what David Moyes did, did yeah. for example. Well, I, I just think about Gordon Strachan talked yeah. that. Pulis hasn't, yeah. hasn't. No, 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 I'm saying and I, I'd, I'd be disappointed if he did. And I, you know, Gordon Strachan talked that season. Mm. And quite a few managers go into a club, realise, yeah, absolutely right, David Moyes at Sunderland and people like that. And going back to George Graham when he took over at Leeds, I can remember him. Um, I think they were mid-table 10th when he took over 9th and it was while we were in a relegation battle and, and, it, and it, for a lot of managers it's covering the backs 
So if the team does drop off a bit, they can say, well, I said, it, I said from day one this was going to be tough. I mean, I, I, I'm sure the remit for Pulis when he came in was to get Burry in that top six. I'd be yeah, staggered yeah. if it wasn't, and I'm sure that was Steve Gibson's desire and absolute intention was to get Burry in that top six. He'd realised Monk wasn't going to achieve that. Or he didn't think that Monk was up to achieving that, and, and that Pulis or a manager like Pulis would, would make the difference, would get Burry that extra few points that would make all the difference. The, the, for me... It's been a little bit of a disappointing start, let's say, because a couple of good away wins, but then at home, Borough have been unlucky, yes, but also, at the end of the day, they haven't picked up enough points. You can call it lucky, you can call it whatever you want to call it. It's, they haven't picked up enough points. And and I think the key now is for Borough to actually fulfil the potential. That's still a good squad, still a good group of players. Isn't and it th- curious, though, without going on all ground, that Tony Pulis hasn't said that? Is it, isn't it curious that he, he's kind of said, not said, look, we're three points or six points off the playoffs, we're going all out for that, we've got one of the best squads in the league, like Gary Monk, you know, you know often did. Um, isn't it curious that none of that has come from Tony Pulis publicly? It's more been about, look, it's a big project, we're building long term, it's not just the results on the pitch. And I just wonder whether by saying that publicly, whether that kind of mindset creeps in unintentionally well I think managers will always cover their own backs won't they yeah. you know that, that's kind of what they do isn't it but, mm. but I, I do think I mean I, I take your point Phil about you can't be more luck and whatnot. but I, for, for me there has been an improvement since yeah, Pulis yeah, took charge and, and, I, and I take Pulis's point completely that um, almost outside elements of, of, um, of influenced results whether it be decisions the full and penalty the sending off mm. or or just missed chances. I mean, yeah. when, when, when Pulis took charge and looked at his squad, the last thing he'll have, he'll have thought was five, six weeks in, the one thing that'll have let him down and will have been chances spurned. When I had a look at the four home games in which Borough have failed to score, they've had 59 shots on mm. goal. That, now, that's staggering. That is, I, don't, I don't know how many of them are on target, but really, he's going to look at that and think, well, what more can I do when my team are created? Yeah. Now, I, I've heard a few, a few of my mates, for example, have, have had a bit of a moan about you know how the chances have been created they're just coming from set pieces and throwings but if, if one of them goes in against Sheffield Wednesday and you win 1-0 no one's complaining about how the goal goes in are they? Mm. so I, think, I, do, I do take Pulis's point that from but then equally um, and, and, and also you know you, you're six points away from the playoffs the, the sending off doesn't happen against Norwich and I know this is always if my auntie mm. had sons whatever she, she'd be your uncle but if that sending off doesn't go in, you 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 know things change. You win one nil, and suddenly you 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 know you're yeah. right in there amongst it. So it, I do think to to kind of a Dave Brailsfordism, there's been fine margins so far in, in Pulis's tenure. Mm-hmm. No, but I think they need to beat Reading on Saturday to keep any hope alive. Yeah, absolutely. You're looking at me, so we'll finish it there. So <laughs> <I think laughs> <it's enough. laughs> cheers, thanks a lot, fellas, and thank you for listening. Much appreciated. Cheers.